Hello and welcome back. Episode three, Hawk Talk Podcast. Pretty stoked today to be having the chance to chat with one of my longtime super close friends. Jeff's in from Pixel Jar. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, John. How you doing? Uh, better now. Hanging All out. All right. <laughs> Good. Friday's complete. Yes. Yes. So this is, uh, we've been talking about doing this call now for probably a year, maybe, mm-hmm. give or take. So I'm glad to finally get a chance to do this. So uh, let's see. I think we need to back this up. Let's see. Where, we, where do we start? About 2016? 2015. 2015. So 2015, uh, you and I were at a event and you pulled me aside and you said, look, I got some kind of big news. And um, that news turned into over the course of the next year um, was you were getting separated from your wife of a dozen plus years, 15 years? We've been together uh, since 93. Mm-hmm. So it was almost since 93 to 2015, whatever that is, 20 some years. But we've been married for 16, I think. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah. So over that time, you got separated and then eventual divorce. So mm-hmm. uh, completely amicable, no mm-hmm. hard feelings, no anything, remained friends. All that. So let's just kind of get that out out into the open. It wasn't well, something. Go ahead. That's actually part of that is germane to what we're about to talk about too, though. The the remaining friends part. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what ended up happening, you know, before that, I would say that before that time, like we've always been good friends. Like we've mm-hmm. been we've been friends for a decade at this point. Um, but I would say that our relationship, your and my relationship, got extremely close um, starting at that point and kind of moving forward because what ended up happening was you and I started chatting on almost a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. I, you know, you were you were going through, you know, when you very first told me about it, you I don't want to say you weren't upset. That wasn't a matter of not being upset, but um, I don't think the full brunt of everything had kind of hit you at that point, right? You you kind of saw what was coming, but you, I don't know, you you kind of weren't really deep into the, into the thick of it at that point. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. I think um, yeah, at that point I was... Again, so in part part of getting separated, uh, we were working very hard to remain friends after the fact, and so so much of the energy I was putting into it was focused on making sure that part happened. Yeah, that I was absolutely not paying attention to myself, what I was going through. Yeah, and I, I think I think it was and I wasn't doing this consciously on purpose, but I think it was doing it on purpose because that was the easier problem to solve. Yeah, so my brain was like, focus on that thing and don't worry about when you're going to self destruct later. Yeah. We'll just hit you with that at some unknown point in the future. <laughs> with a very large, the very large hammer. Um, yeah, actually, right. that was kind of the part that I ended up uh, finding to be interesting was, um, I, well, I've said it a thousand times, I know I've told you a thousand times, I am not a therapist, I am not a doctor. Right. Um, 
But, you know, as you and I started talking on, again, on almost a daily basis, what I was noticing was that you, you were not taking care of yourself. Like your, your own well-being was so far from your mind that um, you were just basically letting, letting life kind of drag you around without figuring out, no, I shouldn't be doing whatever this thing is at the time um, because you were so focused on trying to maintain a, a healthy relationship with um, your, your ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, you know, it took a while for you to even see that. And, and as I would kind of bring things up being like, Hey Jeff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you'd usually preface with this. There's a little bit of tough love. I just want to, just want to point this out. And yeah. I would always say like, oh, I know what you're saying, but like I knew better. And I, again, you, you were very, you were very good about trying to give me an outside perspective. Um, which is, which it's, it's tough to deliver that to someone anyway, but to someone who I think in my case at that point, I clearly was not receptive to what you were saying because it, again, it, it, essentially what you're asking me to do or what you were suggesting that I should do is that, um, Again, taking care of myself is, again, in a very Buddhist way, taking care of myself is the most important thing because in taking care of myself, then I can deal with all the other stuff, including figuring out what my relationship is going to be with my ex and sure. so on and so forth. But it, it, that was very tough for me just because I come from just a very you know, Midwestern um, kind of work ethic of just keep your head down, keep working. Right. Uh, bad things happen to good people. That's just how it is. You just have to suffer through it sometimes. Uh, don't ask for help unless you really, really need it. And so up to this point in my life, not that I haven't had hard things happen. I have, but certainly nothing on the level of this. So, but again, being, uh, say it's have been 39 at this point, 39 years of like, I'm not going to ask for help. <laughs> just really carry through in a major way. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you, you didn't really reach out to me looking for help. You just were, like I, I think the you didn't yeah that's kind of what happened as I think back to it you weren't asking for help and I was more um, kind of forcing myself into mm-hmm. talking to you on a regular basis because as an outsider who you had confided in I could see what you were doing and I could see where you were kind of letting other influences manage how you were. Ma- uh, taking care of yourself. I could see that even though you couldn't. And you know, this is a lot of times people, uh, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've listened to a lot of things and you know, you, we see it online all the time. Hey, if you, um, if you need help, reach out and people uh, Mm -hmm. I've always, and right after people say, if you need help, reach out. Other people will say, if you need me, you're welcome to call me anytime. Here's my number. Call me, call me, call me. Um, but, you know, getting somebody who's in that position like you were in, you weren't reaching out for help. No, not specifically, no. But I was reaching out because I needed so, – so when my separation started, the one thing I did do right away was I started reading books like crazy, anything on what I was feeling, what I was going through, uh, what I expected to go through. Just any, anytime anybody suggested, hey, you should read this book, mm-hmm. I did. I read everything. And one of them, just like you said – definitely suggests like definitely reach out to your friends. They're there for a reason. 
and most of them do want to help you and it will help you heal faster. Um, but there's a, another book, uh, and I don't remember which one, but it said something about, yes, reach out to friends, but be sure not to pile onto the same friend all the time. Okay. Then they'll become exhaustive. Like they, you, you can't put that burden on any one single person. Yeah. And that, that's kind of when I started opening up to you. Cause I told, uh, my business partner and two friends right away Two, I told the three people that I knew would know something was going on if I didn't say anything, mm. but I didn't even really tell them what was going on. I said, look, something's going on. I'm going to be having a hard time for the next year. Or I don't know how long it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. And I might, and I might not be married at the end of this. And that was like the only information I gave them, which <laughs> again, I mean, that's such a bombshell just to, to drop right? Yeah, and it, it begs the question, especially for these people that know my lives very intimately. Yeah. Um, and you, you and I text a lot anyway. Yeah. And one of my things is uh, I like to be very honest all the time, even even to the point when I'm like I'm going through Trader Joe's at the checkout, and someone goes, "How's your day?" And like, man, I'm having kind of a turd of a day. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> or I did not sleep well last night. I just I like to tell the truth because I don't want to just give that surface like I'm fine. Yeah. Answer uh, again. So you so you were. Again, we text a lot and you would say, how are you doing? I was like, well, I'm not, not good. And then obviously I say that enough times in a row and you started figuring out like, hey, something's, yeah, you, good. you really aren't, yeah, you really aren't good. Yeah. Um, so, but the, so again, the point being that this was my way of reaching out was like, as long as I just keep having just conversations with people, then I'm kind of reaching out. I'm getting a little touch of humanity yeah. every day, but I wasn't talking about what was going on in my life other than again, the people that knew that I was going through a divorce, you know, I was just trying to maintain this relationship with my ex. Yeah. Um, but not again, what was going on with me. And then, uh, I don't know if you're ready to go into this part yet or not, but where, where that really changed, uh, for what we're talking about here is you did very specifically tell me that I could call you at any time. Like yeah. if you just, if you need to talk to you, just let me know. And, uh, one thing that started happening, and this is no surprise now in hindsight uh, is up to this point in my life, I'd never had a panic attack before. So I did yeah. not know what it was. I didn't know the signs of it coming. Um, and I also did not know that once you have one, the most important thing to remember is that it will pass. Like you'll be fine. You'll get through this. Um, but I started having panic attacks. And again, I didn't know what, didn't know what they were. And just kind of the, for people that have had them, it's just that overwhelming feeling uh, that you just can't, you can't control you. It's horrible. Uh, but there was one night and it was about two or 3 AM. I woke up with a start. So I wasn't really sleeping well either. Yeah. Um, so maybe it was one of those things where I guess, especially the first six months to a year, just falling asleep was tough. And even if you did fall asleep, you usually woke up with a start and about two or three hours into it. Like you never actually got like any good REM sleep. So it was just, it was just exhausted. Uh, which I did not recognize at the time either. Anyway, woke up at 2 or 3 a.m., started having a panic attack immediately. And then uh, I, I looked at my phone. I was like, I need to talk to somebody. And so John said it was okay. So I hope it's okay. And I did call you. And uh, you totally answered the phone. And I don't know how long we talked, maybe an hour or more. But you, uh, I guess that all the conversations we had were great. But that meant the world to me that you you actually did pick up the phone and you you talked me down and just, uh, I did not feel alone in that moment, which is like the most important thing in the world. So, yeah. uh, reaching, but again, that was probably maybe six, seven, eight months into the separation. Mm -hmm. So again, it, 
dealing so poorly with my separation to the point that was manifesting into panic attacks was like how bad I'd been taking care of myself. Yeah. Um, you know what? I don't think people even really realize, and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, which is um, if I, on my side, if I say, Jeff, you can call me whenever the heck you want. Um, on your side, the problem is that little thing in the back of your mind is just being such an asshole to you that it's you're like, I don't want to reach out because I'm just being a burden. I don't want to reach out because I'm just being a burden. I, you know, I, yes. I just talked to him this morning. I talked to him this afternoon. I, there's no way I could call him right now because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just putting so much on him. So, you know, and it's the same thing. He's like, he keeps saying the same things over and over again. Like he just doesn't want to hear this anymore. Right. And so I don't be, I don't think people really understand that, uh, you know, when you tell somebody that they can reach out, like the lifeline is there, you know, but, uh, just having the, the strength for you to even, uh, pick up that phone, make that call, even in an hour when it just didn't seem like real, you know, like you should be calling somebody. Um, that's hard. That's a huge step for you. Like that was, um, I mean, I think we even talked about it. Like that was kind of a, one of the breakthrough moments that we had over that time, which was knowing that it was okay to reach out for help. And I think that might've even been one of those turning points where you started accepting some of what outside sources were saying. And I don't want to just say me because I know you had, you had a, a lot of, uh, you had other friends who were, um, just doing an amazing job of just piling that love back onto you mm -hmm. and saying, look, man, take care of yourself. And some of this other stuff is going to work itself out. This too shall pass. That became our, that's my favorite phrase, our go-to phrase like this too shall pass. And I mean, now we're looking a couple of years down the line and I think it's fair to say that that shit did pass. It totally passed. That's uh, <laughs> not to say you don't have moments, you know, these little, pangs of oh every now and again yeah uh but i am in a much better place than i was yeah um but did you feel that did you feel like that uh that like how hard it was to actually reach out to oh asking for help was that was the absolute hardest thing that i had to um specifically do on my own mm -hmm. yeah there was because there was a lot of stuff that i I had to face a lot of things I had to do a lot of exercise. I had to kind of keep going through. Uh, but yeah, the reaching out and just, and just saying like, Hey, I need help. Yeah. That was absolutely the hardest thing that I did. Um, but it was also like this watershed moment too, because once I had done that, um, and that you answered the phone again, like suddenly I could call you and I, I tried not to abuse the privilege, but I certainly called you many times. Um, and you answered every time, which is awesome. Well, actually, we have to, if we are going to say this, we have to tell the entire true story, which is the very first time that you called kind of late in the evening, um, my phone was going, my phone this goes into do not disturb mode. And so I did not get your call the very first time you called, which, by the way, uh, hurts me to no end. So, uh, <laughs> I will tell anybody who's yeah. listening. This is, this is a pro tip. Pro tip right here. 
if you tell somebody that they can call you at any time, day or night, you need to put that person on your favorites list on your phone so that your phone rings. <laughs> this is true. Uh, so uh, you were, uh, I, I, that night when that happened, when you called, I woke up the next morning and I, I, I'm not kidding you, I was absolutely destroyed. <laughs> I felt so bad. And so I picked up the phone, I think it was like six in the morning, and I just called you immediately. And I'm like, I hope I'm not waking you up, but I, you know, and then we did. We ended up talking for half hour or an hour or whatever. And, yeah. you know, I, I appreciated those calls a lot because, again, we, we've been good friends for mm -hmm. a long time. And there is a, there's a comfort that I got. And just in, in you reaching out and kind of opening up to me, like that was, um, I don't say a responsibility, but like it was a, it was a welcome responsibility. It is. Um, it's funny you mention that because there's a podcast I listened to called the Robcast, which is uh, Rob Bell. He's a, just a pastor, but it's, it's very interesting. He did a tour with a comedian that I like, uh, and I just started reading his books, which are great. Um, uh, and again, his, his podcast was also very helpful just because it was very positive and a lot of it is just taking care of yourself. Uh, but in this one podcast in particular, he had a friend who was going through, I think it was a divorce also, uh, but the friend didn't tell him for like a year. And uh, Rob Bell admitted something to the fact that he, he was mad that the friend didn't tell him for a year because he could have been there for him for a year. Yeah. Not and not in like a like a like a superhero so way like I want to save you but again you're my friend and I it, not that it gives you pleasure to be there for that person right but you do get this sense of like this is this is at the core this is what the friendship is about is supporting each other when we need each other most yeah and it it was upsetting to him to know that his friend was suffering for a year and he didn't get an opportunity to do anything about it which is the so it's one of those things the Again, so when you are asking a friend for help, think of all the times that someone's asked you for help and you've helped them and you were glad, like, I'm glad I was able to, to be in that position where I could help you watch your kid while you went off to exactly. do some emergency thing yeah. or helped you move that day. Um, you know, for whatever reason you had to move like in a hurry or whatever it was like you, it, that's, that's part of the friendship. You're, Absolutely. Yeah. If, if, if we're friends and you're in need of help, it doesn't matter what that help is. I, mm -hmm. I want to be there to help you. And I mean, we've, I mean, we've both, we've helped each other through a bajillion things. I mean, uh, you know, we both work in the same industry. So, Hey, how do you get through this? Or how do you do that? I mean, those are, uh, you know, it's, it's never a burden because you're my friend and I yeah. want to be there to help you. And so, especially on something big like that, it was yeah. big. It was definitely big, Absolutely. but okay. So here, and not to transition to the other half of this, but, Here's the, here's my pro tip for this is when, when you are going through something like this. Uh, so in my case, I did become, I definitely became much more comfortable about asking for help. And again, just kind of ringing you up. Like I'm feeling blue. I need, mm -hmm. just need to talk to someone, whatever. Um, which was great. And uh, there was a couple of people I was talking to you and another friend in particular. Uh, but again, I got, I became so comfortable with like, Hey, here's my problems. Thanks for helping me with them. And then that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I, for several months, I forgot to ask my friends how they were doing. And this is the part that was suddenly like, oh no, like I'm, I'm the asshole. 
because it turns out you and this other friend were also going through something at the same time. Yeah. And it was that same sort of like, Oh my God, you've been here for this. You've been here for me this whole time. And I could have been here for you too. Like we could have been talking about both these things and helping each other and me supporting you just as much. And then, then suddenly I felt this huge wave of like super selfishness again, which is one of these things I've been working on to be a little more selfish again in just recognizing that this is a thing I need for me. It's okay to say, you know, I need time for myself or I, right. I don't want to do this thing because I, because I don't want to like, again, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but I think that was actually one of the important points for when you and I were talking is I was, it was, it so was hard to get you to be a little selfish mm-hmm. and recognize that that was okay for you to do so. And I did. And it's something, but I still remember it. But again, not only is it okay, like it was a requirement. Like if, if you didn't do that, like shit was going to get really, really bad. Yeah. Not that it wasn't bad to begin with, but I mean, it was, you had no, but it was going to, but again, it was manifesting into other problems. So the panic attacks were part of it. Um, I was having, again, I wasn't sleeping. That was terrible. I was having, uh, I was doing yoga a ton. I was like, like every day, like seven days a week I was doing yoga just because like my muscles were like cramping up and, but again, it was like these stress induced like knots in, especially in my back. It was just horrible, which I, at the, again, for like those first six months, like, oh, I must be sitting weird in my chair while I work or something. Like, it's not what I'm going through in my life. Right. It has to be something else. Sure. Yeah. Your body, the human body is very well tuned to tell you exactly what's going wrong with it and why yeah. all you have to do is listen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that is kind of an interesting thing, which is, you know, the thing that you went through uh, kind of had a bit of a shelf life, right? I mean, there was, there was when we very first started talking and like I said, we, we'd always talked and texted on a pretty regular basis, but that really ramped up during, during your, your, your troubles. And we, we were basically, we talked on the phone, almost every day, I would say, mm-hmm. for a, a, a good you know, three or four months, I would say that we talked almost every day. Um, and towards the end, as things were, as you were kind of coming out of this, uh, life decided to throw me every curveball known <laughs> to man. Um, and you know, <laughs> for you, you had a very defined point in time where something landed on your lap and you're like, I've got something I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. For me, that's not kind of how it happened. For me, it was way more of a gradual thing. Things were going along and then one thing and then another and then another. And I wasn't really necessarily picking up on those cues that um that that i that i was having some some issues and then i do, i did have one thing happen which was uh like at the time i was working out every single day i was working out 6 days a week and working out had really become my stress reliever because uh i don't know that i was all that happy with my job at the time um, you know, this is back before I worked where I work now, but mm-hmm. I wasn't real happy with where I was working. Things weren't going all that well. I was having money issues. Um, but the one thing that I had going for me was working out. And I, um, 
as typical with John Hawkins. I pushed too far <laughs> and um, I injured myself. And so what ended up happening was all of that stuff that working out was helping me deal with, all of that stuff now got to be in my brain 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that release of going to the gym, throwing everything out, exerting everything into a workout and then coming home exhausted and then being able to, you know, kind of live a somewhat normal life. Right. So as soon as that went away, um, yeah, you, you lost the one thing that was the relief valve on that. Yeah. And on that I mean, stress in your life. Shit got kind of dark. It, I got into a really bad spot. And the timing of it was such that you were kind of coming out of your fog. Yeah. I was I was on an uptick. While I was um not really realizing and <laughs> it was I guess it was kind of right as right as you were going through your oh shit, my other friends are having some issues. And so you and I ended up basically flip-flopping roles mm-hmm. and you became my support system. And you know, I wonder I wonder if I would have reached out to you in the way that you reached out to me had we not been talking so frequently and about such personal stuff um, because you know, the shit that I was going through was highly personal. And even though you and I are super close friends, you know, sometimes you don't think to reach out to specific people about Mm -hmm. things. So I don't know. Oh, we'll never know. Um, But again, life is very good at putting the things in place that you need. Yeah when life gets hard so um yeah the universe is a crazy place i don't know what to say yeah uh but that's not to say like we because we've definitely before before my separation there were at least with business like we we talked about very intimate business things that's true so it's not inconceivable that you may have come to me with it but well i don't know yeah maybe let's just say i would have yeah (laughs) you definitely would have i definitely would have the best friend you've ever had yeah yeah no, I'm glad now, you do. And again, I I couldn't have been happier to to be there for you. Yeah, because it's the least I could do. Uh, which is funny. So again, the the other friend that I was talking to, uh, who was also having troubles, he is very much like me in that he he has trouble asking for help and feels like a burden when he does. Right. And every time he always comes to me and, and he'll start with an apology, like oh, I'm so sorry that we need to talk about this again. I was like, dude. <laughs> again, you were you were there for the last like 18 months. You've listened to me say the same things over and over again and be sad. Uh, you see me cry uh, more than anybody should have to see anybody else cry. So the least I can do is hear you out again. Like it's not, this is not a problem. I owe you. I will always owe you. Yeah. You know, I, I try to think of some of kind of the key points and kind of key takeaways from, you know, the past couple of years and uh, you know, having somebody that you can talk to is super important. And if you don't have, somebody you know, regardless if you have friends to talk to that is fantastic but do you uh you also 
went and got professional help. Like you went to a therapist. I did. And I would say that that is probably like hands down. Absolutely. Do that. <laughs> if it, you're in this situation, do that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, this is very much like um, your retirement. You want to diversify. So again, the people that you're talking yeah. to definitely don't talk to just one person only because it's good to get different perspectives on what you're going through. Uh, for me, I found there were certain aspects that were better to talk with, with certain people for one reason. Or the other. So again, like things that were a little more family oriented, my dad was definitely a great sounding board for, yeah. uh, when I, I started learning that when I needed, like when I already knew what the answer was and I didn't want to face it, I would always go to you because I knew you were going to tell me like, look, this is the, you, this is what you know what the answer is. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead and just, I'll, I'll confirm that for you. Um, and I had one friend who specifically I went to just when he was great at like, he didn't, he didn't particularly like talking about what was going on in my life and not, not that he would, he would listen to me forever if he wanted to, but he, it was clear to me that he didn't, he didn't have his perspective to help me like, cause yeah. he, like he'd never gone through something like this. So it was just hard for him to, so he was just a lot of like, man, that, that stinks, which sometimes that's all you need to hear. Sure. But he was super great at just getting me outside again. Like he would, you know, like, how's your day? And like, oh man, I'm having another turd of a day. And he goes, okay, well, uh, you know, we're going to go bowling with the family. You want to come? Like he was just good at like, you know, come out with us, like come out yeah. and be a human being. There are other people, uh, existing in the same place. It'll be nice. Yeah. So he was great for that. And that's super important too, because, uh, I mean, at some point you need to, you're, you're going to want somebody else in your life and you need to meet people. And, uh, you don't, you probably know this better than anybody. You don't meet people just sitting in your house. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the gal that I'm seeing right now, who's a wonderful lady, uh, her best friend, she's also been divorced, uh, but her best friend is someone she met when she was going through her divorce, who was someone else who was also going through her divorce. So they were total strangers at that point, but they had that point, the thing to bond over. Yeah. And so they kind of went through a lot of the stuff a lot of the same stuff at a lot of the same time. Uh, and now they are like inseparable. They're incredible friends because of it. So again, to your point of like, who would you reach out to in her case, a total stranger and it worked out <laughs> great. It was super helpful for her. Um, but the, the professional therapy in particular was good again, just because it's, um, it, again, it's, it's completely independent and very honest what you're going to hear back from that person. Yeah. Uh, but do shop around, like, don't just pick one and go, this must be fine. If, if it doesn't feel right, that is not the right person for you. And it's okay. Again, you're paying this, you're paying a person for a service. And if that service isn't working for you, it's like going to a mechanic who does a terrible job on your car. You don't keep going back to him. Like, well, I don't, I'm going to feel bad if I tell him I don't want to go to him anymore. Like the mechanics, the mechanic will be fine. Go find a different mechanic. Yeah. That's great advice. Uh, <laughs> um, but one thing that was great also with the therapist in particular is, um, you know, at a certain point, the therapist started saying like, you know, you, you are getting better. Like, uh, you're going through a lot of exercise. I can, I can tell you're, you're in a better mind space at this point. Um, and she even told me at a certain point, she goes, look, we can continue this if you want, but you really don't have to like you, you will be fine without this. But again, of course that was great to hear. Uh, but again, having someone, Oh, wait, I remember, me. I remember that point and yeah. you told me when, when the therapist told you that mm -hmm. and 
I could tell you didn't believe her. Uh, Not right away. You, you were certain that, nope. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's you get this idea in your head that it's going to take you know so long it's going to take me three years to get out of this or whatever uh-huh. and i hadn't hit that and i don't know that that was my amount of time sure but it, sure Doesn't it felt like it should take longer and again it, it's not that i was at 100 percent at the point but she was just kind of saying like you're you're going to be fine is essentially yeah. what she was saying yeah. um but it's nice it's nice when someone's telling you that who's someone who doesn't need there's no reason for her to say that if it wasn't true right i think so As that, matter of that fact was, like yeah. it's, it obviously works against right. her because the it's longer it. you're going, the more you're paying her. So, That's right. Yeah. Uh, here's a question for you though. Yeah. Um, so when we were talking early on before I, I really started opening up to you, what signs was I giving you that was letting you know that I needed help and I wasn't asking for it? So you had already told me like, um, we live in different states and like we don't really see each other in person too terribly often. So we, we chit chat, um, text and whatnot and online stuff like that. So it's not like you and I were going to be, you know, out bowling on Friday night and all of a sudden you, I was going to see like your shoulders slumping or anything like that. But, um, so you had already told me what was going on and, um, you know, I, I would say that, uh, I think maybe your texts became kind of a little bit shorter, like where rather than having, <laughs> I mean this in the best possible way. No, no, no. Like, this rather, is only funny because again, nobody's seen our text message before, but uh, uh, I have I verbal vomit all the time. <laughs> I text giant paragraphs to everybody. So yes, that would be a sign that mm, Jeff's off his game. Was, he didn't even use punctuation this time. <laughs> Grammar is important to me when I text. Well, duh, of course. Um, <laughs> But just the the conversations were were becoming uh, just way more high level. So when when mm. normally you and I would kind of like if if something was going on and we'd have a chat, like it if we were and if it was going by text, like it just started feeling like we weren't having like a deep conversation anymore. We were just having kind of like that. Uh, it's not like we're good friends. We're just kind of like passing friends. Hey, how's it going? Blah, 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 blah. And it's mm-hmm. just really short burst. Um, messages and so I think just our 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 cadence of communication started to change and it just kind of felt a little different so I'd say that was probably like the first indicator that's a good indicator and again because because we communicate uh, usually either over text or phone calls those those would be the easiest things for you to pick up on yeah Um, well let me ask you okay same question the other way around uh, you finally opened up to me. That's how I knew something was going on with you. Because again, I had become, not that I was like super self-involved with what was going on with me, but it was, it's easy when you're going through something harder in your life to think that everybody else is having a good time. Like it seems like everybody, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, the, uh, the day I found out that my ex and I were probably going to get divorced, I had a buddy who was coming down, uh, we were going to go surfing that day. Uh, and he texted me that morning. He goes, Hey, you still want to go out? I said, uh, I said, honestly, I'm not sure, but I could definitely use a friend today. And he texted me back. He goes, I'll be right there. Like he's, he's one of those friends. Good guy. Um, so he came down, we did end up going surfing just cause it was, what else was I going to do? I didn't, right. I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with my moment. 
but there's this beach uh, by my house called Dog Beach where people bring, they can, they can bring their dogs onto the, the sand in the water. Uh, and we didn't initially go surfing in that point. We kind of floated up to it because there was a big current that day. Uh, and I, I wasn't really surfing. I was just kind of paddling around. You know, my mind was swimming. And finally, I, I, I was just, I'm just going to go in. Like, I don't even want to be out in the water anymore. So I paddled in and I paddled in at the dog beach spot. And to me, it seemed like the dog beach was like the happiest place on earth. Like everybody there was laughing and smiling. Dogs were running around, tails were wagging. And suddenly I became the most miserable. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't have cried harder. I'm standing there in a wetsuit, holding a surfboard, crying my eyes out. And these dogs are circling me. Children are running around screaming, playing tag. And it was just one of those things of, again, you, like my misery is so horrible and everyone else's life is perfect. And so like I said, I, I think I kind of got to that point where I was uh, trying to get better. And that's when you, you finally said, hey, just let you know, like some stuff's going on in my life too. I was like, oh, and like suddenly like these waves are like, oh, reality, that's right. Oh my gosh, everybody's living a life. And then I felt, like I said, super terrible. So then that's when I made that mental <laughs> that's note. That's what I told you. I just told you so you'd feel bad. That's right. And good job. Well, well played. Um, but again, that was the, the, that lesson of always ask someone else how they're doing too yeah. when, when you're having a conversation. Um, but that being said, uh, a similar sort of thing. So with you in particular, when we talk on the phone, it's the, the volume of your voice. That's always the biggest indicator for me when you're, when you're upset and when things going on, you, you speak, uh, in a much lower tone. Hmm. Um, it, you, I, I would describe it as you're much more business-like gotcha. because, because your brain is clearly working hard on something. Interesting. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. The point being, uh, listeners, is that uh, if you have a good friend and they're behaving in a way that seems inconsistent, it's okay to ask them like, hey, are you okay? Because sometimes they may not be. And they might be hoping someone's going to ask them that very question. So it's about time for us to wrap up. So there's a couple of things that I want to pass along, which is um, I've been listening to, I've, I've really been trying to kind of work on myself a bit. And uh, so I've been trying to focus on, you know, battling depression and anxiety and, um, you know, all of that fun stuff. Oh, it's so great. And recognizing where issues are for me. And so there's two things that I want to pass on, which are um, both of them are podcasts and I want to suggest them. That's funny. I was actually going to say, you should suggest the one podcast because I've uh, told this podcast to other people that I know are going through depression and mm -hmm. both have been very like, thank you so much for that podcast. It's really, it's good to hear other people go through the same thing and they can laugh about it. Sorry, continue. Sure. So the first podcast is called The Hilarious World of Depression. And it is a comedian who talks with other comedians about their clinical depression. And it is, uh, I've probably listened to a dozen or 15 episodes at this point, And I can tell you that um, while I've never been clinically diagnosed with depression. Um, I listen to that and I go, Oh, I have that. Oh, my brain does that to me. Oh yeah. I, I, I get that. So, um, yeah, that 
having knowing that there's other people out there that are kind of going through the exact same thing. There is a, uh, hmm. there's a feeling that you get from it. The, the I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. That is super, super important and has helped. I, I can honestly say just in listening to that podcast, um, I have come out of it feeling better. And it is, so it is a fantastic podcast through that podcast. I learned of another one, which you talked about it. Uh, you said earlier that you love telling the truth. And so when somebody says, <laughs> how are you doing today? You might say, eh, not great. The name of this podcast is called terrible. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and it's, it's that exactly. It's, Hey Jeff, how are you doing? Terrible. Thanks for asking. Um, and I will say that the first episode that I listened to is heavy. It's pretty heavy. Um, so, but it's, it's that whole thing of it's okay to open up and, you know, not everybody lives uh, like Instagram is such a great, uh, a, a great version of it where everything on Instagram is just everybody's living their best life. It's either positives or some FML situations, which are still funny. But I will, to that point exactly, I gave up on Instagram because it, that became such a point of, uh, again, because I uh, trying so hard to get out of my house to go do things. And sometimes I wouldn't. And just go on Instagram, just like you're saying, you would, it looks like everybody's living their life except for me. Yeah. Uh, so no more Instagram for me. Well, I do hope you come back to it. Uh, I, I enjoy <laughs> watching. <laughs> to. Uh, yeah. It, and the other thing um, for me is uh, two, two things that are always very important for me that I remember And it. Like I've been, I've been through other stuff since then things that have been difficult and whatnot. And the, the one thing is always remember that, George Harrison's advice, all things must pass. These are good things. These are bad things. So focus and be in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but even when things are as bad as they can possibly be. Um, so one thing my business partner always tells me, like when, when things are rough and I'm thinking like, I don't know, like, what are we doing? Like, this is, this is a bad situation or this, how are we going to get out of this pickle? And he'll, so we've been in business for um, almost 14 years now, I think. And what he always tells me is because we've, we've been in these spots before and we've always made it through. Like it's, it might be hard, but we will get through. Don't do not worry about that part. Let's focus on the how. Yeah. Uh, so again, just remember that all things pass. George Harrison, great album. Um, and the second thing is definitely reach out for help. Cause again, your friends are there to help you. And most of them actually want to help you. So they'll be happy that you asked. Yeah. They'll be sad that you're going through something, something tough, but they'll be stoked to be like, Oh, cool. Like, let me help you with X, Y, or Z. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Jeff, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show today. This has been a conversation I've been wanting to have uh, for a while. I think we've been saving some of this stuff up and um, yeah, this is, this is good. It's uh, it's interesting to talk about, it's interesting to have a conversation about all the conversations we've had. This is a very meta yeah. situation, but uh, thank you for having me. I, I totally appreciate it. And uh, hopefully this is uh, useful to somebody.
that's the whole point. I want it to be useful to somebody because there have been other podcasts out there that have helped me out a heck of a lot and you've helped me out a lot and I appreciate that. So with that, I'm going to say have a great week and thanks for listening and we'll be back soon. Bye.